0: Hey, this is Pastor Aram, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church Podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. We've been in a series this month called Worship, and we've been looking at what it means to actually live a life that honors God, not just when we come together on Sunday mornings, But when we leave here and do our regular 9 to 5, when we're at home with our kids in the evening, when we go to the home goods store with our wife and she was looking at throw pillows, how do we display the goodness of God in the home goods? I'm still trying to figure that out. Yesterday morning we had a conversation. I was telling her about all the throw pillows in our house and how I personally feel like we have too many. And somehow we ended up at HomeGoods looking at even more pillows. But I guess you can never have too many pillows. All the women would say, "Amen." amen. So I'm learning to experience and display the goodness of God in every aspect of my life. This morning I want to look at two Psalms. I want to look at Psalm 13 and then I want to look at Psalm 23 together. And we're going to use it as a foundation for where we're going to go today with this subject of when God feels distant. When God feels distant. So Psalm 13 says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Hear the heart of David as he's writing this, as he's crying out to God, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? But notice what he does as he transitions from verse 4 into verse 5. But I have trusted your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Now let's go to Psalm 23. Very popular psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though, somebody say even though. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Say it with me. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's, it's interesting to me how these two psalms work together. Psalm 13 is a dark place. It's a desperate feeling, and the only way you can endure a Psalm 13 in your life is to have an understanding of Psalm 23. I want to say that again. David is able to deal with moments like Psalm 13 in his life because he understands the truth of Psalm 23, which he would paint later psalm 23 is an overview of life it's the ebbs and flow how many of you know life has ups life has has its downs there's moments of rejoicing and there's moments of sobbing we we don't get to determine the seasons of our life what we need to know is though there are many different seasons turn to the person next to you and say there's many different seasons And so we see him traveling from the calmness of still waters into the pressure of dark valleys. And we get to see what he has learned along the way. Now Psalm 13, Psalm 13 zooms right into that dark place. Psalm 13 brings us right into the middle of his valley where he's desperate, where he's crying out to God. And we see and get to sense his feelings and his frustrations. How many of you in here, you have feelings and you have frustrations? That's what we're seeing happen here with David. A man that loves God. A man that knows God. The the Bible even calls him a man after God's own heart. David served God. David was a worshiper, yet he finds himself in the middle of crisis. He finds himself in a season where everything seems to be unraveling. Have you ever been there before? Anything that could be going wrong is going wrong in David's life. It's a painful moment for him to walk through and to make matters worse. He feels like God is distant. Have you ever felt like God is distant? I know that I have. There are moments in my life where I feel very close to the presence of God. I can sense him. But then there are moments in my life where I'm like, God, where are you? Bueller? Bueller? You know, God, are are you, you still there? Like, things are pretty bad, man. I could really use your help. And yet I feel very distant from God. And so the question is, what do we do when we feel like God is distant? Because I believe that if I have felt this way, if King David has felt this way, that in times of your life, you have probably felt this way as well. I remember when I was a little, little kid, whenever we would go to the beach, my father would carry me out into the ocean. And he would hold me as the waves would crash around us and he would take me and as the wave would come he'd lift me up but as I got a little bit older not much older but as I got a little bit older as the wave would come he would start to drop me and then he would grab me and then he would do something that would frustrate me so bad when he would drop me he would back up any of you ever do this with your kids? You take them out to a pool. You take them out to an ocean. You let them go and you back up. And I remember saying, Dad, if you're going to let me go, don't back up. And he'd be like, son, it's okay. And he would let me go and he would take two steps back. Then he would let me go and he would take three steps back. And then he would grab me and he would hold me. He would comfort me. And then he would repeat the process and he would watch as I'm screaming and throwing my legs around and kicking. And I'm thinking, you said you loved me last night, but now you brought me to the ocean to die. <laughs> you feel very distant what is going on here. In the moment, I felt frustration. In the moment, I felt abandoned. In the moment, I felt hopeless but now I understand that my father was there the entire time he had not abandoned me he was just trying to train me he was trying to get me to the point to where I could swim on my own and all the kicking and screaming that I was doing was producing a strength that I needed to become a strong swimmer it felt bad but it produced good Turn to the person you. say it felt bad but it produced good <laughs> It felt like abandonment, It's what it felt like. It felt like my dad was letting me down, but now I know he was always there. See, we need to get to the place to where we do not live according to what we feel, but we lean into what we know. As children of God, we do not walk according to feelings. We do not walk according to what we see. We do not walk according to what we sense. We live and walk according to faith, knowing that God is with me. That's what David is having to remind himself of in Psalm 13. He starts off with his complaint. God, where are you? Are you going to forget me forever? Are you there? But as he gets toward the bottom of the psalm, he goes into verse 5 and he leaves his feelings and he starts to lean into what I know. I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm in this valley right now and there's no way out, but I know that God is with me. I feel like my enemies are pressing in on me from every side, but I know that when the enemy ambushes me, that God has a table prepared before me in the presence of those enemies. And it is a table of blessing and favor and victory. It may not feel that way, but I'm not going to rely on my feelings because I know, I know, I know. I've experienced enough of life to know that when God lets me go, he's not letting me go to leave me. He's letting me go sometimes to train me. And that's what David is having to lean into in this moment. So when I feel like God is distant, I've got to abandon my feelings and lean into what I know. I can't look at how I feel. I can't dig deeper into my feelings. I have to recall what I know. I have to go back and remember all of the times that I felt like it was going to be the end, but God showed up. I've got to remember all the times where I felt desperate, like I felt like there was no hope, but God showed up. And what happens is David takes that moment of desperation and he flips it around and he says, I am going to praise you. I am going to sing. I am going to rejoice because I know that even though I feel this way right now, this too will pass. Do you understand that life is seasonal? I was thinking about it this morning. There are things that I used to enjoy that I no longer enjoy now. There are challenges that I have faced in my past that I am no longer facing Right now, life is seasonal, seasons change. But what you have to know is that all those seasons change, God remains the same. And so if he was with me then, he will be with me now. There's something for me to learn in this season. God is not distant. He is backing off to watch me move so he can show me what I'm made of, so he can show me what faith can do. See, God does not intend for us to live with water wings for the rest of our life. When we first come into his kingdom, we may feel that that love and that lift of the Father holding us, coddling us, feeding us. But he gets us to a point where he says, Son, you've got to learn how to start feeding yourself. You've You've got to learn how to start walking some things out On your own through faith, knowing that I've given you the ability. I don't have to do it for you. I don't have to hold you every time the wave comes. I've given you the ability to swim, so swim. When I don't know what to do and my feelings are all jacked up, I've got to lean into what I know. Turn the person next to you and say, Don't lean on what you feel, lean on what you know. See, David wrestled with the same feelings that we wrestle with. But deep down, he knew that even though he felt alone, he was not alone. Even though he felt like God was distant, God was always there. The the reason David can say this with such confidence is because he had been through enough in his life to know that God was faithful. Through every challenge which David had many. If you're familiar with the story, David had tremendous challenge, but he always saw the faithfulness of God. He knew that God would take him from still waters into dark valleys, but he wouldn't leave him there. He would bring him through it, and there would be greener pastures on the other side. It's the ups and downs. There are mountaintop experiences and there are valley moments but what we know is what we have to hold on to because what we know can be turned into praise what we know can be turned into worship in the midst of crisis turn the person next you say learn to turn your worship towards god in the midst of crisis every time he tried to step into his feelings if you read through the psalms every time david would start to step into his feelings he return it to what he knows you've got to constantly remember and remind yourself of what God has done sometimes we so quickly forget rich we'll we'll be in a valley moment and we'll cry out to God In that time where we feel like we're alone, we feel like we're abandoned, we cry out to God, and then God takes us and He helps us through that moment. But when we're standing on the mountaintop, we forget where we've come from. And it's almost like we need to keep on going back to the valley because that's the only place we're going to cry out to God. But see, here's what you've got to get my praise and my worship has to be constant no matter what I feel. That means when I'm on the mountaintops, I've got to learn how to praise Him. When all things are going well, I've got to learn to be thankful and learn to be grateful. When things seem to be falling apart, I don't shift how I think about God. I don't shift how I praise God. I bring that praise that I have on the mountaintop down into the valley because I know the praise that I have is the thing that's going to see me through. So get this. I will walk through valleys. Turn the person next to you and say, it's inevitable. But I don't have to camp camp out in my feelings once I'm there. Sometimes that's what we like to do. We get down in the valley. I come to the valley alone. And I start getting wrapped up in my feelings, how I feel alone and I feel abandoned and it makes sense that God would leave me because everyone else has left me. I I can understand why God would mistreat me because everyone else has mistreated me. This is just my lot in life and what happens is we start to camp out in the valley. You can't avoid the valley, but you can determine what you do in the valley. I want to say it again. You cannot avoid the valley, but you do get to determine what you do in the valley. And so instead of getting wrapped up in my feelings and camping out in my feelings, I'm going to start to worship God because I know he is with me. I know that his rod and his staff, they comfort me. I know that even though the enemy is coming in many different ways, it's going to flee. I know that even though all hell seems to be breaking loose, I will find the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I know that goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. And even though it does not feel good, I know that he is working all things together for my good. Why? Because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. That gives me something to celebrate. That gives me something to praise about. That gives me something to worship him for. And what happens is that worship and that praise becomes a vehicle to carry you through the valley. That's why David said, even though I walk through the valley, through the valley, through the valley. That's a big word. He doesn't say, even though my life gets stopped in the valley. See, it's easy to look at a a Psalm like 13, and think, man, how miserable a life David must have had. And it's easy for us to sometimes even relate to that psalm and that feeling because we've had those same types of feelings like, God, where are you? And God is silent. Do you even care? And so, like, we, we want to see that. But, but you've got to take the bigger... View, You've got to step out of that valley, that zoomed-in valley, and come out to Psalm 23 where David sees that goodness and mercy has always been following him. And no matter what valley he's come to, God has already, already brought him through it. And at the end of his life, at the end of David's life, every enemy that came after David was gone, but David still remained. Why? Because God is faithful. So I can't judge my book based upon my psalm. Some of you are doing that. You're judging the book of your life based upon the psalm that you're in, not realizing this psalm is just a moment. This psalm is just a passing by. Yes, I feel terrible, but this is not going to be the rest of my story. David knew that. So although he had his feelings and his frustrations, he flipped it into praise and worship because he knew there's going to be a chapter 14. There's going to be a chapter 15. There's going to be a chapter 16. God is not done with me yet. Can you just turn to the person next to you and say, God is not done with you yet. I'm preaching this thing better than y'all are responding this morning. This blessed me this week. When I came across Psalm 13, at first I was like, I started getting like really depressed But then when I hit verse 5 and I saw him flip it into worship and flip it into praise, I thought, that's where it is. That's it right there. Anytime I feel this way, I've got to flip it into praise. I've got to flip it into worship. I've got to beat my flesh into submission and surrender to God and say, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. My mouth will declare the goodness of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Feelings change, but my praise has to remain constant. Paul says in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse four Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Always. Then he comes back and says, I'm going to remind you again. I said, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. 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 This is coming from a man who has been beaten a man who has been shipwrecked, a man who has been thrown in prison unjustly. Think about that. But he's learned the secret to life. He's learned the secret to being content in every situation. And it's this, to rejoice in the Lord always. Because I know that something good is on its way. Have you ever thought about that? Like maybe the attack that you're feeling, maybe the friction you're feeling is trying to keep you from the good thing that God has for you. And the only thing that can get you through is your praise and your worship. The only thing that can bring the wall down is your praise and your worship. And the reason it's taken you so long to get into the next thing is because God is waiting for you to learn to swim right where you are. He's ready for you to stop getting mad at him and stop acting like a little baby. Take your water wings off. Start slinging your arms. Start slinging your legs and saying, I am moving forward because God is with me. And if God is for me, nothing can be against me. So those moments, I don't want you to think that those moments of frustration will not come because they will. I don't want you to think that dark seasons will not come because they Will. I think there have been a lot of people, Rhonda, who have abandoned the church because they've got this concept from the sermons that everything is always going to be hunky-dory. You know? And then when, when all hell starts breaking loose in their life, they go, well, I guess God doesn't work. Because the preacher told me to do X, Y, Z, and it didn't work. The pastor told me to praise in the middle of my problem. Guess what? My problem's still here. There you go, John. That's the key. Keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising. When do I stop? Keep praising. You never stop. Once you get the breakthrough, you know what you do? You keep praising. You keep praising. You keep praising. We've got to see life as more than just the moment, we've got to see it as the journey from A all the way to Z and stop judging the book based upon Psalm 13. Stop judging your life based upon the valley that you are in. Too many people give up in the valley. They walk away from their marriage in the valley. They abandon their family in the valley. They make rash decisions in the valley. The valley is not the place to make rash decisions. The valley is the place to shift your focus and your attention to God and praise Him and allow Him to lead you it. Somebody say I've got to stay constant in my praise. The final thing that I've learned in this process is to, when I feel this way, because I don't know, I, but, and maybe you're different, but to me, like, seasons aren't necessarily like, this day's good, tomorrow's bad, or this month was good, tomorrow's next month is bad. That's not really how seasons work with me. Seasons with me can be minute to minute. Like I can feel like I have like a bit of momentum, and like I just got a breakthrough in something, I feel like, man, this is good. I get to relax. And then like, sure enough, right on top of the breakthrough comes something else. And so what, I, what I've learned is in those moments to not allow the, the moment or the situation to determine what I'm going to do, but through it all, create an atmosphere of praise. Through it all, create an atmosphere of worship. No matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through. And I'm reminded of Paul and Silas who were locked up in prison for preaching the gospel. Think about this. They're locked up because they were doing something right, not because they did something wrong. And there they are in the midst of this dungeon, this dark place filled with the stench of human excrement, filled with the stench of unbathed flesh. This was not a pleasant place. This was not, you know, a few minutes out in the yard with HBO. This was... This was Dark. It could have been cold. It could have been extremely hot. It would have been uncomfortable sleeping on stones. Nothing to rejoice about. Nothing to be happy about. If anyone should ever have the right to feel abandoned, it should be Paul and Silas. God, you called me to preach. I preached your word, and I'm not driving a Lamborghini. I'm in a prison. Things aren't going my way. And sometimes when things aren't going our way, that's when we shift away from God. That's a completely different message. But nothing is going right for Paul and Silas. But the Bible says at the midnight hour, they started turning that dungeon into a worship experience. Why? Because they may have been confined out here, but they're free in here. And that's where you've got to get You've got to get to the point that no matter what's going on around you, you are free in here. Because if you're not free in here, nothing that happens around you will ever make you feel better. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you will always be chasing stuff and things, just trying to get a feeling. But when you're free in here, it doesn't matter where you place the body. It doesn't matter what season you place that person in. They will be content. And the Bible says that Paul and Silas started lifting their voice and singing their songs to God. And you know what happened? The Spirit of God showed up, and things began to change, and chains began to fall off because that's what happens when the Spirit of the Lord shows up. So when I feel like God is distant, if I can just keep on praising Him through it, His manifest presence will show up at some point and will set me free. Why? Because this is not a life sentence. This is just a season. What I'm going through is not a life sentence. It is just a season. But if you see it as a life sentence, it will become your life sentence. If they would have determined within themselves, you know what, God's not been fair I'm going to be angry with God. I'm going to pout. I'm going to get wrapped up in my feelings. They would have died in that prison. But instead, they said, you know what? In the midst of it, I will choose to bless the Lord. I will choose to be thankful to God. I will choose to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice in every season what would happen if that became our lifestyle instead of getting wrapped up in our feelings instead of complaining about what we where we are what if rejoicing became our lifestyle what if worship became our lifestyle I promise you we would see things change and it's not necessarily that the things around you change It's not necessarily that the chains around you fall off. But the chains that shackle you here, that's where you find freedom. That's where true life happens, is inside here. And nothing can touch that life. Not what you got it. Nothing can affect that. If you've got joy on the inside, then nothing can take it. If you've got peace on the inside, then nothing can take it. So what do I do when God feels distant? Well, one, I got to realize that he's never far away. That's what David knew. According to Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley, you are with me. You may not feel like it. You may feel distant, but you are with me. And, and sometimes we feel this way when we're doing everything right. Like some of you in here, like you've got a solid prayer life, You're doing everything you know to do, and you still go through seasons where God feels distant. And you've got to worship through those moments. Realizing that just like my dad dropping me in the ocean, he wasn't doing it to destroy me. He was doing it to do something for me. So sometimes we feel that distance because God is trying to develop something in us. It is the trials we walk through that strengthens our faith. But some of you in here, maybe you feel distant because you've been running from God. Like you've determined, I'm going my own way. I'm doing life my own way. And you've done so many things in your life that you feel like there's no way God could be anywhere close. But I want you to know today, it doesn't matter how far you have run. It doesn't matter what you have done. God has not abandoned you. It's like the story of the prodigal son who, the prodigal son, he abandons his father. He leaves his father. He messes up. He does everything wrong. But as soon as he comes to his senses and says, I'm going back home, he finds his father standing there with open arms, ready to celebrate and throw a party because my son has come home. The reason that story is given to us in scripture is to show us that we are all, in a way, a prodigal child. We have all gone our own way. And we should never feel like God has shut himself off to us. We should know that God is always standing there with his arms spread wide open saying, come home. Come home. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you thought. It doesn't matter. Come home, you belong here. I want to party and celebrate because my child has come home. So what's the conclusion? For those of you who haven't heard a word that I said this whole time, for the individual sleeping in the back, if you'll wake up, I'll give you the cliff note version. When (laughs) When God feels distant, you have to know that he's not. You have to know that it's just a feeling, and we do not live according to our feelings. We live according to what we know and the faith that we have in Him. Would you stand with me?